the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, February the 15th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1798, the first fistfight occurred in Congress. Some guys decided that the dialogue wasn't working, so they went at each other with their fists. I don't know if it's happened since then, but I'm pretty sure there have been times when they wanted to, if they didn't, throw a few fists in Congress. Today, on February 15, 1879, President Rutherford B. Hayes signed a bill allowing female attorneys to argue cases before the Supreme Court. Today, in 1804, New Jersey became the last northern state to abolish slavery. Today, in 1898, the U.S. battleship Maine mysteriously blew up in Havana Harbor, killed more than 260 crew members, almost brought the United States, that act, to war with Spain. It certainly brought them closer to a war with Spain. Today, in 1933, President-elect Franklin D. Roosevelt escaped an assassination attempt in Miami, mortally wounded the Chicago mayor, Anton Cermak. The gunman was executed about four weeks, four weeks later. Today, in 1965, singer Nat King Cole, 45 years old, he died in Santa Monica. Today, in 1989, the Soviet Union announced they were withdrawing, this will sound familiar, they were withdrawing their last troops out of Afghanistan after more than nine years of military intervention. I wonder if they left any of their citizens behind in Afghanistan. Gary Randall was born today on February 15th. Um, you know, I, I can't make out what year it is. I'll have to get back to you on that. One year ago today, a sprawling blast of winter weather brought unusual snow and cold into Texas. It knocked out power for more than 4 million people. You may remember we had some pretty cold weather up here in the northwest a year ago today as well. And uh, the temperatures plunged to the single digits as far south as San Antonio. Icy blasts all across the deep south. More than 100 deaths in Texas that were weather-related. And, of course, immediately before the ice could thaw, the president and others had taken the podium, and they were explaining to America and the world that this was proof of Well, we don't call it global warming anymore, but we do call it climate change. So it doesn't matter how hot it gets or how cold it gets. It's all now no longer global warming. It's all about climate change. Climate change. Unless we had the same temperature every day, 365 days of the year, they would blame 
that variation on climate change. That's what the far left does. That's how they work. An assignment in a course offered at the University of New Hampshire, it tasks students, this was on College Fix, it's a college website for conservatives, a lot of Christians are on there. They're saying that this this professor in New Hampshire, a part of his, the uh, an assignment for students were, was to call out another person for their alleged racism or offensive language. In other words, go out looking for someone that you find to be offensive or racist and call them out and confront them over it. That's part of the assignment. The assignment is part of an introductory communications course on social interaction. Uh, It certainly wouldn't be how to make friends and influence people. So anyway, it's on social interaction. In this challenging activity, the professor says, you will be asked to call out someone on their ableist, racist, or homophobic use of language for microaggressions or an act of racism towards a person of color, homophobia against, they keep adding letters to this, LGBTQI+, or ableism. Do you know what ableism is? It's a newly invented sin, but I mean, it's call, they call it ableism because if you're unkind to a disabled person, well, I, none of us want to be, I mean, we're all disabled to some degree, but none of us want to be unkind to a disabled person. I mean, we need to even respect the office that he holds, the presidency. We don't want to be unkind. But gender is acknowledged to be important, the professor says. But he said he omitted that from the assignment because gender has some complex theoretical reasons to not be included. This is college. Government-funded public education, government-funded means taxpayers' money. The professor also says in the assignment, this is current, remember to say you know they mean well and are a good person. The assignment description continued that you care about them, and that is why you care that they are expressing their real values, not accidentally being hurtful. Suggest for them an alternative way of expressing themselves that doesn't marginalize or oppress or microaggress. What does that all mean? I don't know. <laughs> These people are nuts. That's higher education in America today. And that's why the, the rest of the world, and I've spent a lot of time traveling the world and in with other people and and that live there, not just as a tourist. In fact, I haven't traveled a great deal as a, just quote as a tourist uh, worldwide. But man, in, in ministry, I've been with the people that live there and, and I know those people still. It's been some years since I was out there actively, regularly. But man, they sit back and they look at America. They go, what are you doing? What does this mean? What are you guys, why are you doing this? You have so much and you focus on minutia. I mean, I've been told that by sitting on the side of a mountain in Guatemala somewhere. I mean, these guys will say, man, if I could only go to America, that would be great. 
or whatever. But we seem to be have such a, a, a complex commitment to self-destruction, we can't help ourselves. The Pentagon is now saying that diversity, equity, and inclusion in the military are necessities for the United States' readiness. In other words, we can't stand up to China or Russia or whomever, Iran, when they get their nuclear weapons, and they're very close from what I'm reading. We can't stand up to any of these unless we have taken care of our diversity, equity, and inclusion in the military. The senior advisor, Bishop Garrison, he says the need for diversity and equity and inclusion must be a consideration or a part of all decisions in the military. Well, why? I don't understand it either. I don't know why. He says it will make our military better and even more lethal. Do you believe that? Neither do I. Well, I'll tell you, we need to be aware of what's going on in our culture today. I mean, it's not just gibberish anymore. It's impacting not only society, religious freedom. Now they're trying to take down our military from within. They're serious about this new war strategy. After announcing last fall that climate change was our greatest threat to national security, the U.S. Department of Defense is now officially vowing to promote minorities to higher ranks in order to achieve a more lethal armed forces. I'm an ordained minister. I have been my entire life, but let's be real. War and military is not about holding hands and singing around a campfire. It's about killing people and breaking things. It has been from the beginning of time. It has been throughout the Old Testament. God's people had to go to war. I hate war. Most of us do, but it's inevitable in this world, in this broken, sinful world that we live in. So now, because it, it will be and is inevitable, we are now taking our armed forces down some crazy path to destruction. NPR discussed at length how our Defense Department is preparing for weather crisis. This was one year ago this month for weather crisis, such as Temperature change in the Pacific Island nations and the deep freeze in Texas, which was just a year ago, today, in fact. They said all of this we have to address through our military. Now, a year later, our security, national security, is connected to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Don't worry about the weather. We've got to get all of these people Diversity and equity and inclusion and LGBTQ and everybody has to win. Everybody gets a a gold star or a purple heart or whatever. American Family News got a hold of this. They wrote this yesterday. Diversity, equity, inclusion are necessities in the U.S. military now. They said according to a Department of Defense article, well, it was an article, it was from the Pentagon. It quotes a senior Pentagon advisor, Bishop Garrison, He says minorities comprise 41% of the U.S. armed forces, but those numbers are not reflected in higher ranks. The reason for that must be addressed and corrected, he said. Garrison, who is black himself, a senior advisor in the U.S. Secretary of Defense, he said more people in uniform should see diversity, equity, and inclusion as a force multiplier. Really? That makes the military better and even more lethal, he said. 
He actually said that with a straight face. He's responsible for, this is his, his responsibility, his title, Human Capital and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the Pentagon. Kurt Schlichter is known for being um, fairly candid in what he says. He's uh, a military guy, graduate of the War College, uh, a, a good writer. He's well-read. He writes articles. And I've never met him, but I know him through his articles because I've, I've read them a lot. He He's pretty direct, but he also saw this thing from the Pentagon yesterday. And he said the idea that diversity, equity, and inclusion are necessities in the U.S. military is probably the stupidest thing ever asserted by the Biden regime, which is saying something. He said, you sit back and you look at a pronouncement like this, which has apparent, was apparently written and disseminated on purpose, and you really have to marvel. <laughs> he said it would be funny if this kind of unserious idiocy was not going to get scores of our troops killed. In fact, scores of our troops have already gotten killed through gross incompetence, 13 of them in Afghanistan during Operation Utter Failure, he calls it. That was the Biden's withdrawal. And he said more will die. And again, he is a... Uh, he is a very uh, well-established career military guy. As I said, he graduated from the war college. I think he taught there as well. But he said war is serious business. And in America, it's being overseen by fatally unserious people obsessed with li- liberal wine women fetishes like diversity, inclusion, and equity. He said that the acronym of that is D-I-E. Instead of combat readiness, he said they will put the die, D-I-E, in die, all capital letters. And he says, I wish I had some good news for you, but there isn't any. We have three more years of this diapered dementia as our alleged commander-in-chief, and he's too stupid and too stubborn to change. It's bad enough. It's bad enough when a smart, savvy man becomes senile, but... Joe Biden started off as a moron, so he's already got a big, a huge head start as he g- degenerates into drooling incontinence, and our enemies know it. As I said, Kurt Schlichter is fairly, <laughs> fairly straightforward in what he thinks, but he has he comes from a background of knowledge on military, and he's pretty upset. I think we should all be upset. Elaine Donnelly doesn't say the things that Schlichter says, but she's the head of Center for Military Readiness. She's deeply concerned over this matter. She wrote a Straight Talk article in The Federalist yesterday. She said in it she tells the confirmed story of a female Air Force captain who hoped to join an elite combat controller team known as CCT. But she kept failing the difficult course again and again. Special Operations Command kept allowing her to try again and again, making a total of 11 concessions to a candidate who did not qualify to even get in line with other CCT candidates. The woman herself, who was given all of these opportunities, these concessions, 11 of them, she's the one telling the story. She said it was me, and she said it was wrong. If I couldn't pass, I shouldn't have been in that elite, but because I was a woman... They, had, they wanted me in so they could check the box. It isn't about military readiness. It's not even about skill. It isn't anywhere. It isn't about skill. It isn't about merit. 
It's about race. It's about how, what your sexual behavior is. And it's about what color your skin is and what you believe. This female captain's story was sent by a whistleblower to the Air Force Times. They tracked down the facts and confirmed that the allegations were true. That's exactly what happened. She just said, hey, look, I'm not qualified for this. I'm out. I'm not going to do this. You don't have to keep lowering the standards. Why are we putting social goals ahead of military readiness and morale? I'm told from what I read, morale is very, very low in our military, and I can certainly see why. Donnelly says, even in the most elite military units and communities that we have, we're trying to force inclusion, force feed it into the system, and it doesn't matter their skill. It doesn't matter what they can and cannot accomplish. One answer to the question came from a lieutenant. Why are they doing this? This lieutenant general who oversees the Air Force Special Forces Command, he didn't dispute it. He said, yeah, it's happening. They asked him why. He said, while the standards remain the same, the norms have changed. According to the Air Force Times story, these norms mean putting an unqualified candidate into a rigorous course, giving her chance after chance after chance to pass in the name of diversity until they finally get them in. That, I mean, even even I can see where that, that leads. Schlichter is not only a leader in the conservative movement, as I said, he's a retired Army infantry colonel. He's also a lawyer. He has a degree from the Army War College. He's a columnist, a best-selling author. He's very well-versed. This really got to him. He said, here's the reality. He says, soldiers do what the commander checks. If the commander checks combat readiness, then combat readiness is what he gets. But if he checks wokeness, if he prioritizes CRT, critical race theory, dogma, that has wrecked academia and corporate America, then he gets a woke military that can't win a war. And we can't win a war, he says, not against Russia, not against China, not against other petty dictators emboldened by our manifest weakness. Congratulations, all you folks who chose this human asterisk because Donald Trump was mean to Rosie O'Donnell and that that was unbearable. You got what you chose, a senile joke who is accelerating that already-in-progress decline and what just a few decades ago was arguably the greatest military in human history. He says, military diversity, inclusion, and equity, D-I-E, lives up to its acronym. With certainty, he says, I don't know if he's a Christian or not, I I just don't know what his spiritual life is, but I know his professional life. He says, with certainty, when you choose die, D-I-E, you choose to have our troops die. So very, very true. You think about what's happening in our world today, and you think about the challenges that we all face because of it, There's so much I talked about yesterday. I talked about corruption on this program and how Hillary Clinton is pretty much 
They've got her lawyer, Sussman. That, too, caused a tremendous stir yesterday. I said it would when I talked about it. If you didn't see that, you can go to please go to our website and read it, because the news media pretty much shut it out yesterday. They just wouldn't talk about it. Uh, Lawyers for the former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer, this Michael Sussman, I talked about him at some length yesterday. They're furious at the special counsel, John Durham, for describing an effort to spy on President Donald Trump while he was in office. Well, (laughs) John Durham, special counsel John Durham, did so because he was paid to do this study, and it's an ongoing investigation, and the the facts are abundantly clear, and he has made a charge on it. I mean, they're, they're just indisputable, except that the left says, no, that's basically they're saying that's not our truth. Our truth is that Donald Trump was never spied on. Hillary Clinton didn't do anything wrong. But the problem with that is that she did. And they're turning on the light ever so slowly. But they're turning on the light. And the more the light is turned on, the more you can see what's been going on behind the scenes. One thing I noticed about Donald Trump when he was in office, particularly, but anytime he's in the media now all the time, He's held, I, I think, a couple of those rallies again. I mean, thousands of people show up for it. Is he going to run for president again? I don't know. Uh, I mean, a lot of people think he is, and he certainly isn't saying he's not. And I, is that the best for the country? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I voted for him and would, but I don't know what's best. I, I, God knows, and we need to seek the Lord and really pray about all of this. But we need somebody like that, I can tell you for sure. But Trump, some of the things that he would say to the press appeared at the front to be outrageous, particularly this issue. He said, the Democrats and Hillary Clinton campaign is spying on me. He said that, and, and he always repeated, you know, every he would say it once and then say it again and again and again. But he he brought up the subject time after time. And she's spying on me. The, the Democrats are spying on me. The press would just mock him when he would do that. And even people that supported him sometimes would kind of cringe and, and think, man, that, that's kind of over the top. I mean, that's a little much, isn't it? But every time he would come out with something like that, that would cause people to stop and catch their breath and maybe even cringe, and those would be the ones that supported him, and the others would just go into a rage. Over time, I've noticed that every one of those things that he made such a big deal out of, actually, actually we're learning, were true. This is one outstanding example, and now the left is cringing, and they are really concerned about this. The lawyers for Hillary Clinton today are scurrying around because as Durham continues his investigation, I I don't know if he personally liked Trump or not, but it doesn't seem to matter. He seems to be focused on getting the truth. He seems to be moving very slowly and very methodically, but he's getting to the truth and the truth is not good 
for the left. It's showing more and more corruption. And as he keeps walking down this investigation path that he's created and is being paid to do, boy, it's not looking good for the people at the top on the left, namely Hillary and all of that stuff that was going on. They actually were surveilling Trump at Trump Tower through servers that he had in the where he, when he lived there in the Trump Tower in New York. And then later in the White House, when he was elected, they were actually, actually surveilling him, including walking around people that were cleared to be close to the president after he was elected with cell phones and other devices trying to pick up signals of inner communication within the White House so that they could access it and trying to find something to bring him down. I mean, it's just bizarre. If it were a novel, you'd think, well, this isn't very well written because it doesn't really, I mean, these things wouldn't really happen. It's that far out there. But that's the kind of a world we live in. And, you know, you just look at this whole thing and you you have to wonder when you look at things, is it really real? And there's people now beginning to wonder if this whole Ukraine invasion is just a hoax. Is Biden, because the president of Ukraine doesn't seem to be, I mean, maybe they're going to attack him today. They're saying that they will today or tomorrow, I guess, the 16th. But maybe they will. But there's people wondering out loud if this idea of Russia invading Ukraine is just a hoax. What if it's just Russia doing what Russia does, saber rattling, getting attention, scaring people, repositioning themselves and so on? I I don't know. But I know that Joe Biden needs some distraction right now from a lot of things, inflation being one of them. It makes sense that he's spewing all this, these panic things out, you know, mask up, stay home. Russia's coming, the Russians are coming and they're going to do this and so on. I mean, that's the kind of an environment that these people create because they have to thrive. The left, the progressive, the humanists, they have to thrive in a, in a, in a context of confusion because they can't face the truth. They don't even know the truth because they have not met him and they do not embrace, even though some of them claim to, they do not embrace his, he being Jesus Christ, the word of God, the word made flesh. They do not embrace his truth. And his truth is the only truth because he is the truth, the way, the life, the light in the darkness. When he came, his light shined into the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, John noted. That's where we are today. There is a massive state of confusion. There is panic on the left now. They are in free fall politically. They know it, and they're trying to save themselves. But there's only one person that can save us from our personal sins, our personal indiscretions, and our collective national indiscretions. And that's the Lord himself. Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. That's what we try to do on this program, is expose, turn on the light, and proclaim as best we can that Jesus is the answer, and he is the light. He is the truth. And we look at everything that's happening in our culture 
through that lens. Thanks for being with me today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for your support. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.